Welcome to the Black Wolf Media Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Evans. This is a show where we dive into the stories of black entrepreneurs and business owners, and we talk about their brands and entrepreneurship journeys. Let's get into this episode. What's going on, guys? So if you're looking to keep up with the Black Wolf Media podcast and everything that's going on, go ahead and sign up for our weekly newsletter at blackwolfmedia.substack.com. Again, that's blackwolfmedia.substack.com. Peace. Hey, Greg, what's going on, man? How's it going, brother? Pretty good, man. How do I sound? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I'm transferring over to my AirPods. Um, Okay. Let's see if Apple is going to give us a a hard time. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All okay, right. man. All right, man. You ready to get started? Yes, sir. All right, guys. Welcome to the Black Wealth Media Podcast. Guys, I got a special guest. His name is Greg Bryant. He's a tech entrepreneur, man. Greg, how you doing, man? Tell the people about yourself, what you do, man, and where you from. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for no having problem, me. No problem. No um, problem. I'm so... <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of like a, a military brat without being in the military. So I was born in Buffalo, New York, um, raised in Atlanta, Georgia. And after I graduated high school, I moved to Florida. I uh, was out in Florida for 14, 15 years. And then I moved back to Atlanta. So I've, I've been bouncing around for quite some time. Yeah. Okay. Now, now tell us, man, like, you know, as a tech entrepreneur, man, like, how did you get, how did you jump right into tech? And what was it that interested you, you know, in the tech industry in general? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I've, I've always been a gadget guy. Um, and then my mom ended up buying me a, a compact computer back in the day. And this was around a time where um, LimeWire, Pirate Bay and all of that was, uh, was yeah. becoming a thing. And I kind of pretty much joined that wave, um, to say this, to to say, you know, to say the least. But I've I've always been around gadgets. I've always been close to tech, um, but I really wasn't really wasn't sure what I wanted to do when it comes to entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, as a teenager, I I knew that I wanted my own business by thirty. Yeah. Um, I knew that I wanted to be able to wear whatever it is that I wanted to wear, uh, whether that be suits or or urban streetwear, things of that nature. Um, it, it really wasn't until my cousin, who ended up becoming my business partner, got locked up for a gun charge. Yeah. And we were just always talking about, you know, family stuff, future stuff and potential business ideas. And we were always sharing business plans and and a idea came by the name of Photo Patch. And I was like, okay, this this idea, it it sounds good. One, because Photo Patch is 
it it was going to be a for-profit business, but yes. it ended up being switched to a, a non-profit organization. And the organization helps kids send pictures and letters to their parents that's incarcerated. So as a teenager, I didn't have a lot of communication with my father. Yeah. Um, one, because he and I always had like some type of of disconnect and I mean, my, my mother pretty much raised me with all of her brothers. So I was pretty much covered in that, that realm. Yeah. But I knew how it felt to be a child that didn't necessarily have communication with their parent um, well, with their father figure. So I'm like, okay, this, this one, it sticks out for me. But then on his end, he, he is a father. And his daughter at the time was three years old. So it, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, so he comes home 2014, 2015, we, we do our paperwork, uh, we file our 501c3, it's New Year's Day, everybody, New Year's, everybody's out partying, this, that, and third, we're, we're studying the 501c3 paperwork, so we can get the new year started, um, on a business note, Yeah, and it, it's really been no looking back ever since then, Yeah. so I would, I would definitely say about 2015. Okay. Um, so great, man. I want to go back. You said something that I found interesting. Um, you say you've always been close to technology. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to know, you know, were you the type of guy that was like taking VCRs apart or, you know, DVDs, breaking them down or, or computers? Like, how did that work for you? No. So I, I just always had like, I've always had like a real eye for technology. Like, just little gadgets like <laughs> I, I always wanted a beeper um like the 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 transitions from the the big nokia to the smaller nokias to yeah. the sidekicks to uh different laptops or you know different little gaming consoles um bluetooth um all of that all of that yeah. and the crazy part about that is I, I worked at a country club and I had to tuck my shirt in. But the only way I, I was able to survive at that country club was through music. Yeah. And back in the day, we didn't have we didn't have ear pods. We didn't have wireless headphones. Right. But I had this idea like, you know, it really would be dope if this string wasn't in the way. Because like I say, I, I had to tuck my shirt in but right. it's, it's wired is all in my way it looks goofy when I, I try and tuck it in my pants and come out the top of the shirt and doing all this so I, I'm not getting yelled at about having headphones on a job when we're not supposed to but that's another story yeah um, <laughs> but not knowing how to go about manufacturing not knowing about um, how to go through a patent not having the funds to even afford a patent um I had to shelf that idea yeah. and by me shelving that idea a few years later, walking into Best Buy and seeing AirPods, like I oh, had that man, idea. Yeah. I, I did not know how to capitalize. <laughs> yeah. I did not know how to execute on that idea, but I had that idea. Yeah. So when I say I've always been in that realm, it, it may not be from a standpoint of taking things apart and putting things together. Um, granted, I, I am good with my hands and I do yeah. build things, but building technology, nah. 
I, I wouldn't say I'm I'm a hardware guy, but I do have an I do have an eye for making things work in a different way. Yeah. And it and it sounds like it sounds like, man, just by you thinking like, okay, I need some headphones with no wires in the way. It sounds like you got an eye for like what's coming in the future, you know what I'm saying? Cause mm-hmm. you know, you see three years later and they got headlit they got wireless uh, you know, headphones in the stores now. You know, it's gotta be crazy. Bro, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was yeah. it was it was a gift and a curse. Yeah. I would say gift one because I was able to see the value in myself. Like, okay, like I, I was able to spot that. Yeah. Um but then the curse, I would say, because I, I take my step back if if it's something that I didn't know in that moment, it's like, no, you should have kept going. You should have asked more more questions. Yeah. Um, but you know, you live and you learn. Definitely. You, definitely. you learn. Yeah, for sure, man. Um so yeah, man. Um, back to your cousin who is now your business partner. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know that you mentioned that you guys were definitely talking about business plans. Um, you guys had a lot in the works. Um, mm-hmm. How did that change when he became incarcerated for the gun charge? Um, like, how did that affect your communication and you know talking about business plans? Honestly, it didn't. We had calls. <laughs> We had calls every Sunday. Okay. We had calls every Sunday. I would send pictures because um, I, w- I was always traveling at that yeah. time. So I, I would send pictures. I would send letters. I would type up letters and then print them out and ship them over. Um, but no, we, we kept communication heavy. Yeah. That's right. We kept communication heavy. Um, those calls on Sunday was definitely motivation for Monday. So yeah. we, we really didn't miss a beat. That's solid. Okay. That's real solid. Um, Okay. So, you know, when did you guys begin to like, you know, when did you guys begin to act on your, your, you know, business dreams and endeavors? Mm -hmm. Like, was it when he got out um, or, you know, like, how did that work for you guys? Oh man. Um, No, it was, he, he was still incarcerated and we were trying out different things. At one point I had flew to Buffalo from, from Florida to meet up with his little brother, who is also one of our partners. And, yes. you know, just to get the paperwork rolling and to start a, a different venture. Um, this was the actual first venture before Photo Patch. I, I don't even remember the name of it, but we didn't necessarily have all of our ducks in a row. Yeah. Uh, we thought that we were going to be vendors inside of different um, prison systems for those individuals who you know, who may need books or who may need magazines, um, any type of printing goods. You know, we were going to be their suppliers, but um, like I said, we didn't have all of our ducks in a row. Yeah. So just going out, making forms and sending in packages to the, organ- I mean, to the different um, prison systems. Um, I mean, prison facilities, I'm sorry. It, it didn't work. Yeah. Like at all, like I, I sent one to the, the founder, I mean, to the organization he was inside of. And I'm like, cuz, like, did, you, did y'all get that package here? He's like, no, nah. I'm like, I ain't heard nothing from it. Was at least, bro, no lie, it was at least like 60 different prisons yeah. that we had sent packages to. It was like, 
about two to three hundred dollars um and none of them made it inside of where they were supposed to go to oh man <laughs> so, oh man so you know it was it was definitely some some living and learning some early yeah. bumps and bruises before he came home but no before he came home uh, we were trying to get things established and then when he got home you know we we did our homework on the nonprofit world because as i said photo patch was supposed to be a for-profit we ended up switching over to a nonprofit. at that yeah. time i had no idea um what the nonprofit industry entailed i had no idea like how they operated none of that yeah okay and you know tell me man t- talk talk about the you know the nonprofit a little bit like now that you're in the nonprofit, you know mm-hmm. how does it operate and are there some things that like do you have more insight now that you're actually in a nonprofit? Like did you have any, you know, preconceived notions about nonprofits before you even got into it? No, I didn't. Um before I got into it, I, I had no no idea about it, um, no real knowledge about it. It was really a, a learn as you go type of experience. Yeah. Um even when we went to like networking events or trying to get different things in motion. We were the only only people of color in the building. Yeah. And we were the youngest two in the building. Um, so we were always either eyeballed, um, eyeballed looked looked at us like we were crazy or people were just intrigued. Yeah. Um, because as I, as I say, this was in Florida. And I was on the the east coast of Florida, the West Palm Beach area, and he was in the Cape Coral area. Yeah. Uh, which is the West Coast. So trying to bounce between two different coasts and get our, our foot in the door at different organizations was, it was a pain point. Yeah. Um, it was it was definitely some headaches. But looking back, um, would I do everything all over again the same way? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Because those lessons that came out of it is, is beautiful. Um, and the connections that actually came once we, we knew how to maneuver, once we knew, um, who to talk to, how to talk to them. Um, it really just worked out in our favor. And the organization pretty much runs on autopilot. Um, yeah. The photo patch app is downloaded. People upload their information and they upload their pictures, their letters, uh, type up their letters, and it's it's printed and shipped off. Man, and is everything solid. is autopilot. So, um, as I say, it, it, it works smooth. But it took a while for us to get to this stage. Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely understandable. You got to put in that hard work, man. For you know, put put in that hard work in the beginning stages, and you know later on, um, everything is coasting. So, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Um, so man, yeah, just to you know transition a little bit, man. Let's talk about uh, Unlock Academy. I know that's um something big that you and your cousin have. Uh, let's let's dive into that a little bit, man. Talk about that a little bit. Yes. So I'm like Academy. <laughs> this dude, this dude always came to me and was like, cause I want to get back into teaching. I want to get back into teaching. I'm not sure what it looks like. I'm not sure how to go about it, but I want to get back into teaching. I'm like, listen, whenever you're ready, let me know. Um, and we'll figure it out. So about 2018, he called me. He's like, I think it's time. So I'm like, all right, bet. So I, I made the website and he just, he hit the streets running. Yeah. Or I should say he, he hit the internet running. And the first 
the first thing it, it was just you know offering free coding lessons and then it was a, a goal of teaching 20 2020 people how to code by the year 2020 yeah and that is really what led to where we're at right now yeah um it really was the that like you said that that hard work that groundwork is what pushed everything for the organization um so we pretty much went from that free boot camp to offering python lessons to offering front-end development lessons so javascript css to offering game development uh, for adults and for kids to offering freelancing because we we also have a a tech firm by the name of atlas digital um, that builds websites and mobile apps for people so it was like all right well since we are also freelancers let's offer that to to our community so we offer that as as a pathway of learning and we've recently added cybersecurity um, yeah. to the chamber as well so we were definitely stacking up on all of our what's good everyone if you guys are enjoying this show please be sure to share this with a friend family member or co-worker and leave a five-star review now back to this episode peace courses and adding on coaches to the tribe um our our trading tribe is, has been going they've been going up yeah um but it's, it's been a journey it's been yeah. a journey for, for real for real yeah man tell me like you know how do you guys balance all this you know you have your you know you have your nonprofit, uh you have your web, website building and, and app building company you have unlock academy and then you're about to do cybersecurity. so like what is it like balancing all of this? And, you know, what is it like having, you know, if you guys are uh, building a team to, you know, manage all this, what's it like mm-hmm. for you guys? Um, honestly, it, it has been, it has been a journey learning how to balance it. Um, because yeah. one day you may be, you may be on a bunch of phone calls about everything. Yeah. <laughs> And when I say everything, it may be a partnership for PhotoPatch, it may be a, a business call for Atlas, and it may be some structural things for Unlock. But like I say, PhotoPatch is on autopilot. So yeah. we don't necessarily have to promote crazy for PhotoPatch. Um, what we do and what we are doing is um, raising more funds for PhotoPatch. So that remains afloat. So that day-to-day is taken care of. Yeah. Um, and then Atlas is we have taken a step back from development and focus more so on consulting. Yeah. Because we realize that a lot of people have ideas, but they may not have they may not necessarily have the funding. So it's just more so helping them figure out how to get to their funding or helping them flush out their ideas a little bit more. Um and then if they are ready for development. And if we are an actual match, then we will take them on. Yeah. But a lot of our day-to-day is Unlock. And Unlock has taken a lot of our bandwidth. Um, yeah. But as, as I said, we've put on a lot of coaches on our team so they can handle the bandwidth um, as we move forward. Um, cybersecurity has, has taken off um, this month. And the coach that is in 
in charge of that is Coach Jen. Yeah. So when we bring on new coaches, this is your product. Okay, we will definitely help you and push you development. But when it comes time for the students that need any type of assistance, things of that nature, um, that coach is, is definitely there to hold the, the students, um, hold them up and push them through through their journey. Yeah, that's solid, man. Um, now tell me, man, like, you know, you mentioned you mentioned about the, the different languages, the different coding languages like Java, um, HTML. Um, you even mentioned, you know, front end. For people that don't know, man, what is front end and what is the difference between some of these languages? Got you. Um, so front end is, say, for instance, on your on your um, your Instagram app. So everything that you look at, all of that is front end. Okay. So the the interface, the the buttons, um, all of the options, all of that is front end. Yeah. Back end is um, everything that happens on the <laughs> the back end of the app. So like the the inputs for for your um, your information, storing all of your data, things of that nature, um, connecting of the the different communications. AKA APIs, all of that is actual back end. Okay. Um, and the difference between a lot of these languages, it, it really is, it really isn't a significant difference. But I will say Python is a language in which um when you use in when you're using Python, it's pretty much like commands. So yeah. if this then do that, if that then do this. Um, if this is less than or greater than, then do this. Um, when this is needed for that, then do this. Um, that's pretty much how Python operates. Okay. But, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for you, man, like, what would you say has been, what would you say is the easiest language to learn? And what would you say is the hardest language to learn from your personal experience? Mm, I, I can't say. Um, I can't say one, because I'm not a coder. Okay. Um, okay. My, my position has been web development or project management. Gotcha. I, I actually, I was picking up Python yeah. for our student scoreboard and I was helping one of our, our students produce that scoreboard but i took a step back from that and focused more on trading yeah um okay that's all good okay um so tell me man like you know uh let's talk about your your website and app building company um mm -hmm. so like how long have you been you know building apps and websites and like was this something that was a part of your your tech journey like you know and, and if so what sparked you to just start working on websites and apps? Uh, it was 2016. Um, yeah, 2016, I was working working 9 to 5, and I, I ended up calling Twan, and he was talking about, I forgot what we was talking about. Um, and I was like, because we, we need some more bread. Like, photo patches is cool, but we're not we're not bringing in funds one to pay ourselves because in a nonprofit world you can't pay yourself if yeah. you are 
if you are one of the, the founders, if you are part of the executive team, um, and if you're, you know, if your board is not operated like that, then you can't necessarily pay yourself. And we weren't yeah. bringing in funds to pay ourselves. Um, so I was like, yeah, we, we need to figure this out. And he was like, I think I got an idea. He's like, give me a minute. So ended up calling me back and <laughs> and the play was building websites. We build websites for free to get our clientele. And then, yes. you know, once once they actually see the skill set and once we figure out, you know, our actual niche, you know, then we can figure out pricing and this, that, and third. The company's name was Overnight Tech Group. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the logo, looking back, it was it was definitely one for the book. Yeah. But <laughs> but um yeah, so we started out we started out building websites and then uh, we ended up ended up bringing Zach on board and Zach is a designer and Zach was like yeah it's time to revamp this we need to revamp everything. So we ended up switching overnight tech group to Atlas Digital Group. And then we actually shifted gears a little bit more and started mobile app development and web app development. And at one point I was I was on a call almost every every few days. Yeah. Just talking to potential clients. Um, closing closing deals, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, I was even using a nine to five to <laughs> to bring in clients or to print stuff for a photo patch or to finish, you know, finish websites for Atlas, things of that nature. Um it was it was it was something. Yeah. <laughs> it was something. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it, it tell me man like, you know, what was it like, you know, going from doing things for free, doing websites and apps for free to, you know, going to, to making it to pay, you know what I'm saying? Like, how was that transition? And, and, you know, was it an easier, was it easier process to, you know, take a client that you're doing for free and say, Hey, okay, we're going to start charging that. Like, how'd you guys do that? So it, honestly, it was a bit easier. Um, one, because when you're dealing with free, people have, the what they call the beer budget and the champagne dreams but when you're dealing with free you don't have the client that actually has the color scheme they want they may not have the content they may not have the full full full-fledged idea um so we still would have to paint the picture for them and then deliver and then they may not like it so it's like okay i'm doing all of this and i'm not necessarily getting paid for it so when we shifted over and started looking at competition in the area, started looking at um, how much we wanted our actual time to be paid, um, this transition really wasn't, it wasn't hard at that point. It was more so hard on the point of working the nine to five and then coming home and then finishing that project. Yeah. Cause some, some nights I may not, I may not eat dinner until 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would literally go home and open the laptop. I wouldn't go home, cook, and then open the laptop. I'm, I'm not, I'm not thinking about that. I'm in yeah. grind mode. Yeah. Um, so I would say from that point of view, it was tough. Um, and I had a mentor at that time too, and he was, 
he was like, Greg, you, you don't want to burn yourself out. That was, that was when I, I learned what burnout was. Yeah. Um, and I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. He's like, no, nah, Greg, you're not. You're, you're going to burn yourself out. I'm like, no, nah, Sam, I'm, I'm good. He was like, listen, go home and, and take the rest of the day off. I was like, nah. So I didn't do it. Went home and I jumped online and I crashed. And I'm like, dang, like I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Not even realizing like it was a build, it was a whole buildup to it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I would, I would definitely say that is, that was one of the hard or the lesson learned when it came from being paid. I mean, being free to being paid, but then yeah. also still trying to maneuver with the nine to five and my own personal life, things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. That burnout is real, man. It's real. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, man. So, so you know, let me ask you, I'm, I'm curious, like, it, it probably got pretty stressful, you you know, stressful to you, like, you know, to you guys, like, you know, you have clients that you're doing something for free. Um did you ever feel like you guys were like over delivering and like being under underappreciated? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I can say that. Yeah. Standing up hands to the sky. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, 100%. One of our very first clients was, um, was my cousin. Yeah. Um, and that project, it went on for a long time. It was exhausting. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely over delivering. Uh, sometimes we would finish a whole entire project and then just never hear from the client again. Oh man. <laughs> it's like, like you don't want, and they, it's not like you don't hear from them and then they pop up with a whole nother project with somebody else. Like they just dropped the whole entire idea completely. Yeah. Like social, social media changed to a whole nother idea. Like lane change, like what is going on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I would definitely say, um, yeah, definitely over delivering and, and underappreciated for sure. Yeah. Okay. Now tell me, man. Like you know, when was it? When when did you guys hit that point where you were just like, okay, this is enough. We need to get paid. Let's get paid. Like when did you guys hit that point? Uh I would say around mid twenty seventeen ish. Yeah. Um, like I said, when we had brought Zach on board, we were figuring things out, and then it was just like, nah, like we we we're still like figuring out how to estimate projects, um, and then trying to scale the team, so it's not just all about us. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say about twenty mid twenty seven twenty seventeen. Okay. Okay, man. Well, all right. Um, so yeah, man. One of my one of my last questions, man, before you um before I let you go is, you know, say that you have somebody, you know, young man, young woman, they want to, you know, they want to get into the tech industry, you know, whether it be through website building, learning code. Um, or, you know, any type of other endeavor, what kind of advice would you have for that person, you know, if they just trying to jump right in? I would say, um, so I will say a few things. One, 
if you're going to jump into coding, if you want to jump into coding, make sure you have a project in mind. Um, have a why in mind. If you're just doing it just to do it, you're not going to like it. Yeah. Um, you are not going to like it. One, because it's something that you have to do every day. You got to be consistent. And if you're not, you're not thinking about your end goal, you don't have an end goal, a realistic end goal in mind. Like, oh, I'm going to learn this skill and build my own app. Um, because I have an app idea. I'm going to learn this skill and develop something for my community, develop something for my family. Um, it's not going to work. If you're only thinking about the monetary aspect of it, it's, it's more than likely not going to work in your favor because the money isn't going to come right away. Yeah. But the other thing I would say, and this is not, this is not a pitch, uh, we do have a explore path in our explore path, it shows people, you know, the beginning stages of coding, the beginning stages of um, trading, the beginning stages of game development. So you can really come in and get an idea of, if is this for me? Is this something that I want to do? Um, also, I, I would also recommend, you don't have to come to us. You can go to YouTube and see if this is something for you. One, yeah. because... Just look at the I look at the examples that's out there. Look at what code looks like. Look at real reviews from people that was in the industry and say, I I took a step back from the industry and now I'm doing this, but I'm doing this in the industry. They may have went from being a coder to being a sales manager, being from uh, a coder to being a cybersecurity person. Um, so I would definitely say do some homework before you think that, you know, this is something that you want to jump into. Granted, technology is the future. Yeah. Um, sure. And where you start at isn't going to be where you end at. So don't, don't think you're going to jump in and be a coder all the way to the end. You may jump in, start out being a coder, build a business and then hire other coders. One, because you have that idea. That, that mindset of what code is, what it's supposed to look like, things that enter, you can have that conversation, but that may not be where you end at. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it, people. Awesome. Man, Greg, thank you for giving me the opportunity, man, to get you up here. Thank you for having me, my brother. Appreciate course, you. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you don't mind, man, could you close us out with a good message? A good message. Um, listen, no matter what it is that you want to do, write them goals down, execute on your list, and don't try and do it all too fast. One step at a time, 1% at a time. Yeah. Stay dangerous. For sure. For sure, man. That 1%, that, that reminds me of this book. I, I got to say this real quick. This, uh, this book, Atomic Habits, is a great book mm. people should read. And, 100%. You know, yeah. It, it, you got to it says, you know, the important the gist of the book is you take one step, you know, or one percent towards whatever goal you're working on. You do that every day. By the end of the year, it's going to add up. You know what I'm saying? So that, that that was solid, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. For sure, man. Well, all right, guys, that's the end of the episode, man. Again, I had Greg Bryant, um, tech entrepreneur, guys. Definitely check him out. Unlock Academy. If you guys definitely try to learn some stuff. Um, and I'm your host, Adrian Evans, man. We're going to get up out of here, y'all. Peace.
All right, guys, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for sticking around. If you guys really enjoyed this show, please leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, family member, or coworker. And if you guys have any suggestions as far as what to talk about on the show and who review, please email us at blackwolfmedia18 at gmail.com. Again, our email is blackwolfmedia18 at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Until next time.